Welcome back, my friends. I wanted to cover some of the cool stuff that we have coming up. May 1st, I'll be supporting the show at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference held at Salt Fork State Park. July 30th, I'll again be supporting the show at this year's Michigan Bigfoot Conference in Chelsea, Michigan. And then I'll be hosting my own conference, Bigfoot and Brews, on September 10th in the Sister Lakes region of Dwajak, Michigan. Head over to bigfootandbrews.com for all the available info. Tickets are on sale now. In the ticket section, you'll find options for vendors' applications and even a sponsor's option. If you're able and you'd like to help support this event financially, you can do it there, or you can email me directly at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple and iTunes, and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Uncomfortable Podcast. Now, let's get into tonight's show. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat, and it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me, and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. If they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Gentlemen, tonight we have a guest. His name is David. He comes to us from East Texas. He has an encounter that, quite honestly, a third party started telling me about this. And I, I urged him to, to please stop because I wanted to, to get this gentleman's account straight from, straight from his mouth. From what I've heard so far, an amazing, amazing terrifying story so if you will please give an uncomfortable welcome to david (laughs) uncomfortable huh (laughs) yeah well i guess i just start at the beginning that's perfect i was i was coming from a gun show uh back then i had a federal firearms license and bought and sold guns all the time and I normally carried a double barrel shotgun uh, 
in a special holster on my right leg. Well, the gun show was in Dallas and I was going to Texarkana, so that's about a five-hour drive. And, you know, I got the waterworks call about Sulphur River. And I crossed Sulphur River and went down into that boat ramp and got out of the car. Now, this is the Sulphur River? Is that what you said? Yeah, the Sulphur River. Okay. And uh, it runs into Wright Patman, and then it runs through there, through the dam, on over to the Louisiana side. But anyway, uh, I got out, went over to the fence by the woods there, and, uh, you know, taking care of business. And I was through, and I noticed a light over my shoulder. It was, it was, it wasn't quite daylight. It was getting there, but it wasn't quite daylight. And I turned, and there was a truck pulling in, pulling a boat, and they had their headlights on, and I was trying to see if I knew who it was. And about that time, something grabbed my right ankle and snatched me from a standing position onto the ground and started dragging me through the woods. And, uh, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm 6'10". I weigh 356 pounds. Wow. Back then, I probably was about 280 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I was kicking at, I was trying to figure out what it was that had a hold of me because at first I thought it was somebody. But I couldn't think of anybody that would be stupid enough uh, to grab a hold of me and try, you know, can, do anything. Can I ask you just to clarify again? Yeah. This is this is in the early morning hours. Real early. It, it wasn't even, the sun wasn't up, but you it was getting light. Okay. It was getting light. And you you said you were over there taking taking care of business. I assume, yeah. I assume you were urinating. Yes, I oh, was. Okay. And uh, so. I don't know what kind of words to use on, you know, what's acceptable and any, what ain't. Any, anything you want is fine. Okay. This is an adult so, audience. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it was dragging me, and I, and it was getting lighter outside. It was getting, the sun was just barely peeping over the, the you know, the trees and stuff. We are going through the swamp right parallel to the river, back towards right path and down, dragging me. And I was kicking it and kicking it and kicking at it. And finally, about 100 yards into the woods there, it dropped me. Good and, Lord. I, and so, and when it dropped me, my right hand hit the top of my shotgun. It was a sawed-off L.C. Smith. Double barrel, uh, had 12 gauge slugs in it. And I pulled that shotgun out and I stuck it up to right above its penis, between where its navel and its penis would be. And I pulled both triggers at the same time. And he dropped to one knee and then he let go of me completely and he grabbed a tree limb above his head. And I was able to scramble out back to the car. And I threw that shotgun in there, and I got a. I had a 
Dan Wesson 357 Magnum under the seat, and I pulled it out. I shot three shots back over the top of the car, and then I left, and I went to the hospital. And I was in the hospital for two weeks, and I had to crush my ankle, my right ankle. It still gives me trouble today. Of course, I'm a lot older today, too. It's probably been 40 years ago. 40? Yeah. Wow. I'll be 65 this year and uh, messed up my knee, had to cut a few ribs. So anyway. So this thing, this thing dragged you for over a hundred yards. Oh, easy. I like to never get out there. I thought he was going to kill me. I really did. I I get, I don't get scared really talking about it, but. I do get concerned, and I'm am glad I was carrying that. But now, uh, I still carry, and I carry a 454 Taurus. And you know, their big advertisement is it'll stop a charging elephant. Yeah. And so, I wouldn't hesitate to shoot one again. Now, and I got to ask you. I mean, this is. Do I? I, I'm going to, I'm going to say this is unbelievable and I don't mean that I don't believe you. It's just that it's, it, it's an unbelievable account. Well, it, you ain't the first one that said that. <laughs> so you, you're in the grasp of this thing for, for a, a good while. If he's, if he's dragging you, you know, nearly a hundred yards mm-hmm. or better. Um, yeah. can I ask you, and I know the lighting conditions weren't optimal, but what, what did you see? What, what was it? that was that had a hold of you well at first i thought it was a man i mean because it was still it was dark you know mm-hmm. and he was standing pretty close to me at that time but he changed his grip uh and uh he was dragging me with he was facing me dragging me with his left hand but he dropped that side and picked me up with his right hand so i could walk forward i guess whatever reason, but then he, when he dropped me the last time, he turned around and he was looking down at me like, and you could see his canines were sticking out, and and that's when I rushed up against my shotgun, and all I could think of was I had to either kill it or, you know, or it was going to kill me. But I think, now that I look back on it, I think that when I was up there taking a leak, he might have been laying there in the grass. You know, or, or was close enough to you while you were doing that. And with that being his territory, viewed that as a, as an act of aggression, yeah, a territorial display on your part. Yeah. Those guys that came down there and with the boat two weeks later, uh, me and some other friends were, went down there to see if we could find, you know, some evidence of and uh, we saw where he was, evidently he was standing in front of a tree and then them slugs went right into that tree that he was standing behind. So I went, mean, he was standing in front of. Went through, and, went through his lower abdomen and went into the yeah, tree. Into the tree. But there was no, there was marks there, but it looked like something I tried to mark out, you know, break out tracks or whatever. And uh, 
we never did find any, no hair, no blood, no nothing, but it'd been two weeks too. Yeah. So, uh, but what I was going to tell you is when we was coming out, those same guys and I do know, them, so they came down there and they said, what in the hell happened to you? And I said, I don't know. You know, what do you say? Yeah. He said, we heard a, a terrible blow shotgun blow. We heard you shoot. And then after that, it was a horrible scream. Now I didn't hear the scream myself, but they said they heard a horrible screaming. He said, we just cranked over our boat and left from that area. I said, thanks fellas. <laughs> <laughs> but so can, you know, you, you, you mentioned the, the, the canines. Can, can you be, can you be more descriptive as far as, you know, what the, what the well, body, what the body shape was, you know, how large was it? Was, well, he didn't really have a cone head. It was definitely a male, uh, had broad shoulders, probably now. And like I say, I'm, I'm 16. So he was probably about eight foot. You know, so that make him foot taller than me. Yeah. But he probably weighed about 1,200 pounds because I was raised around cows, you know, so I can guesstimate weights pretty well. But he, uh, the canines were at least, I'd say, as wide apart as my hand is wide. Yeah. So about as wide apart as your cell phone is tall. It's a good five and a half, six inches. Yeah. And that is, and they're as big as round as my thumb. And they came down on his mouth. His mouth was closed most of the time, except when I shot him. And then he opened his mouth up. And he had a some smaller pointed teeth on the bottom, but they I wouldn't really call them, you know. Not like fangs, just yeah. It was not fangs; it just like a dog. Uh, yeah, you know. And uh, he was kind of a the sun was shining on his fur. He was kind of a reddish brown. He in the when it was. When it was dark in there, it looks he looked solid black. So I actually, originally I thought it was a black man. Mm-hmm. But when I saw his face and stuff, uh, he didn't have a lot of hair around his eyes. He had long hair, about four inches long on his head. He didn't really have the cone-shaped head that a lot of people talk about. But his head did sit back on us, and he had no neck. Sat back on the trapezius. Yeah. And he had huge, his shoulders were huge. I'm talking about, there's at least five, five and a half feet wide. Jesus, that's the width of a a pickup truck's tailgate. Yeah. He was, he was big. And what did you notice as far as uh, a, an actual skin color? Well, he had a kind of a, a darker, it wasn't black. It was kind of a, 
charcoal gray or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind yeah. of an ashy color. Yeah. Yeah. And what else I noticed was he had long, long fingernails. And his fingers were huge. His hands and his fingers were huge. And his hand, he reached up above his head when I shot him and grabbed a limb that was at least six foot over his head. He grabbed a limb in the tree. And I don't know if he's trying to get his balance or what. I wasn't hanging around to see. And somebody else asked me, why did you shoot that 357 back in the woods like that? I said, I just want to make sure I wasn't being followed. And I, then I, got, I, I was going to ask if you, if, if he was actually I coming didn't, after you or if that was just a, uh, that was just to let him know that I wasn't done. Yeah. <laughs> I was done, but I didn't want him to know. I, was there. I, I couldn't hardly move at all. By the time I got to the car, like I say, it crushed my ankle. They just, they was amazed at the hospital that I even got out of the woods. I didn't tell them what happened. I just told them it was a hog. You know, know, not, not to dwell on, on, on something that was obviously a horrific um, experience for you, but at the, at the moment that you, you placed that double barrel shotgun to its abdomen. Yeah. um, When, you know, you yourself said you, you sold firearms for, for a living. Um, you, you know what, you know what a shotgun will do to a, um, to an animal, a normal size oh, yeah. animal and, and what it can do to a, a, a human being's torso. Um, with, with no the, man could have withstood that it would kill him dead. And yet this thing, you, you can't, you can't tell me that you killed it. No, I can't tell you. I can't honestly tell you that I killed it, but I can't say that I didn't kill it. I mean, uh, he might have crawled off somewhere and died, or he might still be living today. I, I don't really know. Now, you you bugged out rather quickly, as quickly yeah, as you could. I, so did you ever see him leave his knee? And No, I never seen it leave his knee. Yeah. I never seen it pull itself up with his arm. I just seen him reach up and grab that limb. It's almost like he was going to fall, or he felt like he was going to fall, and he grabbed that limb, you know? Isn't that odd uh, that the 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 fisherman uh, heard heard that horrendous scream? But but you they didn't. did hear that scream. Well, they're still at the boat ramp backing out when all that happened. Yeah, I mean, you and, know, and you don't recall that at all. You, I don't. Your, your I don't brain, remember hearing the scream at all. Your brain was get my ass yeah. out of here, and I'm, that's exactly what my brain was like. Now. <laughs> Did you did you ever did you ever have any contact with authorities or anything as far as you know the experience? Did you did you attempt to to talk to local law enforcement or back in those days you didn't talk to local local law enforcement about stuff like that? No. This was in the, happened in the seventies, so. So by, by your statement there, yeah, I'm going to assume that, that, that this, the matter of these beings, these, these, these individuals, um, 
it was it was fairly commonly known that these things are in that area. Well, and that people just didn't talk about it, or yeah, that's what happened. Well, our parents and grandparents always told us there were boogers in the woods, and my parents, my uh, we owned six hundred acres down there on Sulphur River and had cows down there, so. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the first time I had seen one, but it was the first time I'd had any interaction with one, sort of. I'd seen one pretty close to me when I was a little boy, but... Can you, uh, can you, can you go into that experience? Well... I guess so. Uh, I was putting out hay, put out hay for our cows at night. And uh, I was putting out hay. And uh, back then, uh, we had square bales. We didn't have round bales like they do now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, one run up and slapped the side of the truck. And... Uh, so I bailed off the other side. My dad stopped and got his thirty out six out, and that's about it. Run back in the woods. It didn't. There wasn't nothing else after that. It just ran out there and hit the side of the truck and had a big dent beside the, the truck. Of course, yeah. dad, dad was cussing like a sailor, but other than that, scared the living crap out of me. Oh, I imagine. About, can you give, guesstimate what, what age you were at? I was probably about seven or eight. So was this, what was the conversation with your dad after that? I mean. There wasn't no conversation. You didn't talk about it. She said, he said, he said, I told you there were boogers in the woods. That's all he said. I was crying. It scared me. But today, if I saw one, if I was within 100 yards of it, if you're within 100 yards of a Bigfoot, you're in their kill range. That's how fast they are. You're not, you're not safe at 100 yards. So if you're not packing heat, and I don't mean a thirty-eight or nine millimeter, or nothing. you better have a forty-five, or and you better make it a headshot, an eye shot, or something like that. Because uh, I saw one later on, years down the road, a guy shot one with three oh eight, and he didn't even stagger, he didn't stop, he just kept coming. Oh my word! Yeah. So, but that's a story for a different time. That's a deer, a deer hunting story. Yeah. Let me just ask you one thing about that. And, and I, and I think it, it kind of circles back to when you shot the one that you were with. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's obvious penetration of the bullet, correct? Yeah. Well, the bullets went through and, uh, me and some friends of mine went down there two weeks after it happened. Yeah. When I got out of the hospital, cause that's, that's the first thing I want to do. And we was loaded for bear then, you know, 
I carried I carried two three fifty sevens and my double barrel shotgun, and uh, you know my friends all had guns and thirty uh, sixes and stuff like that. But we didn't find the only thing we found is where uh, the bullets went into this pine tree. Right. And uh, and that's it. No hair, no nothing. And I was tempted to dig the bullets out, but I didn't do it. And I probably should have. But I, no, I wasn't, I wasn't that interested in it at that time. Yeah. And two, uh, you know, everybody heard about the Falk monster at that time and right. all that stuff. And so, uh, it's just a crazy time anyway. So, so but, you, you you mentioned that your parents and your grandparents each had, had worn you off as, as far as boogers in the woods. Yeah. Um, uh, they warned all of us, all the grandkids off this. We had like, had like 32 cousins and all those have been told, you know, and was, to was it kind of just a flippant remark? Like, Oh, the booger is going to get you if you guys misbehave. Or, no, or was it an, an, an actual, Hey guys, a, you, you gotta be, be aware of this. Dark. I'm sorry. Is it be home before dark or them boogers will get you and always traveling in groups, you know, yeah, two or more, but there's times I've been in the woods. I've been in the woods by myself with 22 hunting squirrels a million times. Never seen a thing. But, you know, I think it happens this way. I'm not sure, but my theory is that once you see one or have an encounter with one, mm-hmm. you'll see more. I, I don't know if they tag you or or what, but I've never heard, I've never heard uh, that where some people say that they speak to them, you know? Yes. But I have heard them talk to each other. Oh, when I was in, yeah, when I was in uh, Boy Scouts, we just camped down there all the time. And you wake up in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the night, and you could hear them talking to each other. That it sounded just like that Sierra sound. Yeah, the Sierra sounds. Yeah, the the samurai yeah. chatter. Yeah, the samurai chatter. That's interesting. Yeah. But I think, too, I think that they're more violent in this part of the country than they are up in uh, uh, northwestern Washington, California. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that does seem to be a, a interesting trait. You know, you hear about lot less violent accounts like in the Pacific Northwest. They, they, they're almost like, you know, they, they step out in front from behind a tree and they're like, Oh, Hey, I'm here, you know, and then they just walk off. Um, yeah. for some reason, a lot of the accounts from Texas seem to be more aggressive. Yeah. And well, there's more, more hunters, more people that have guns down here and, and people will shoot, you know, without really thinking about what they're shooting at or, yeah. you 
know, if they're tra- something's trespassing on their property or got one of their animals or got a dog or theirs or a calf or something like that, people here won't hesitate to shoot it. And that's probably why. I mean, and it, but it's been that way for years and years and years. So that's probably why they're aggressive like that here. So you think they're conditioned over from yeah. family groups raising their young in that area? They're, they're probably taught that... You know, yeah. better to err on the side of being aggressive right off the bat than. Yeah. And another theory is that they raise their young in in the trees. And that's why they walk like they do, you know, in a straight line. Yeah. They walk, learn to walk on limbs. And that's why they walk in such straight lines. Oh, that's an interesting fact. I, I, I've never, I've never heard that put together, but yeah. That could make well, a lot of sense. The reason, and that's another thing. That's why I think that we don't see little ones like we. The only time we're around East Texans or anybody in Texas without uh, looking up in trees is when we're squirrel hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, not that many people squirrel hunt anymore. Not many people that eat squirrels do, but I still eat squirrels too. So you know. More people are into deer and hog hunting. Yeah. I, I go hog hunting still and deer hunting and fishing and all that stuff. But so we've what, had a go ahead. We had a, oh, in back, I think it was in the nineties or ninety two or somewhere. Uh, used to a long time ago. Uh, say in the 20s, we had a sugar bear, what they call sugar bear, they're little black bears uh, population here, but we had a hunting season for them, and so we killed them all off. Well, in the 90s, in the 90s sometimes, it was in the paper that they was going to let 96 pair of bear, black bear, go on the Type 2 property on Sulphur River. And they had a meeting down at this little town called Douglasville. And there's a bunch of arguing going on. And one of these uh, Texas uh, ranger guys got up there and said, uh, we didn't come to ask you if we could do it. We're just telling you we're doing it. And if you shoot one of them, it's a $500 fine. Huh. If you shoot and kill one, it's a $500 fine. So, Every once in a while, you don't see them very often, but every once in a while, you'll see a bear down here now. Really? Yeah, and then they've had a, they also had a big release of turkey, and so every once in a while, you'll see a wild turkey. But fire ants got a lot of, like the quail, we used to have a lot of quail here. Mm-hmm. Fire ants destroyed the wild quail. I don't know why I brought that up, but I guess because I was talking about the turkeys, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, is that because is that you think because quail spent so much time on the ground? Yeah, they lay their eggs on the ground, yeah. and they you know, and two, they got a lot of fawns because a doe tell her fawn to stay in a certain place, and I mean, I've seen people run over with a bush hog, run over a fawn, not see it in high grass or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, it'll stay there, and fire ain't say if it's on a fire ain't man now. They got to eat it. But so in your, 
and you're, I assume you've lived there for years. You, you, I think you told me. Off and on, yeah. Off and on for years. Yeah. Um, do you, do you follow the subject of, of Bigfoot? Do you, do you follow reports and sightings? Ever since, uh, that one hit the side of the truck, uh, I have followed it. There was a book called On the Track of Unknown Animals. I don't know who it's by, but I found it in the library at my school. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of school, that one in big school. And I used to keep that book checked out and read about it. And they told all about, you know, different things. And not just Bigfoot, but different kinds of animals. You know? Yeah. Loch Ness Monster. Uh, uh, and other things. But... <clears throat> That and uh, I'm not really interested in uh, Area 51, but I do read a lot. I see a lot of videos about it. Mm-hmm. On the, it comes on. I watch the History Channel a lot. Oh sure, yeah. And so I see a, a lot about that. But yeah. So in in the area that you live, uh, you know, throughout the years, have have there been many sightings that you know of? I mean, is this something that you know guys at the general store talk about, or you know, you sit down at a bar and everybody's you got a really, Bigfoot story, or you don't really want to talk about because they'll make fun of you if you do. But they will talk about it around the campfire somewhere. I mean, they they'll talk about things that has happened to them or, you know, something happened to their uncle or their grandfather or, you know, something like that. If you're out, but if you're around a bunch of people, they, they don't talk about it. They don't talk about it over coffee down at the coffee shop or yeah. nothing, but it's, uh, it's hard for people to come out and talk about things that happen. I mean, well, yeah, nobody wants to be ridiculed. Yeah, and uh, I'm already a monster myself, you know. I'm so big. <laughs> I've been made fun of a lot myself. I, I, so, I don't understand that. Who the hell would be dumb enough to make fun of somebody who was six foot ten? Well, there you just you don't know, you know. People yeah. are just crazy. People are crazy. You know, and, but, and, and the fact, you know, <laughs> when you when – you, Tell me when you told me your height and and your weight, approximate weight at the time when you had this incident. Yeah, um, that that's an amazing that's an amazing amount of uh, meat for something yeah. to just grab a hold of with one hand and drag through um, a wooded area. You know, I assume you were being drugged across uh, fallen trees and, and limbs trees and, through briars and everything else, and I. I honestly forgot that I had that 12 gauge with me. I mean, I was trying, I was kicking that at with my foot and, and I just, it just, when it dropped me, my hand hit that. Yeah. The butt of that gun. And it reminded and then, you. And then I just automatically, I picked it up and my, the end of my barrel was sticking in his hair when I pulled them triggers. And uh, now, thinking back on it later on, uh, I had a long sleeve shirt on at the time, but I had the sleeves pushed up. 
But my, I was married at the time, and my wife said that she got blood out of the sleeve on my right arm that wasn't my blood. It was just blood. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was some blow, black, blow back yeah. <laughs> from that. It just, you know, I mean, it's just an amazing thing to think that you could empty a double barrel 12 gauge with slugs and, and it dropped it to its knee, but it didn't floor it. It didn't, it didn't level it. Yeah. Well, that just tells you the strength that the body strength of those things. Uh, you know, that should have blowed his spine in too. Yeah. On a normal man, a normal human being, if I shoot you like that with a 12 gauge, it'd blow you in half. You know? Yeah. I had no doubt. But not in this case, it didn't. Now, with being as close as you were, you know, and you, you had the, the recollection of the teeth and the, the, the hair length and the, the color of the skin. What what was the what would your description of the face itself be? Well, you know, I didn't see a lot of people say they see red eyes, glowing eyes, blah yeah. blah blah. It looked like I had brown eyes or, you know, just regular eyes, eyes. It didn't they didn't wasn't glow well, they looked a little shocked when uh I was leaving their area, you know. Yeah. He looked a little wide eyed, but uh, and his nose, his nose was more, it was more, it wasn't flat, you know, like you'd think a gorilla or something like that. Mm -hmm. It had a little, a little bit of a nose like we do. And then he had small, his lips were small. He didn't have big lips. A small, straight, his mouth was probably eight inches wide total. But just very thin lips. Very thin lips, yeah. When you looked at it, were you looking at an animal or were you looking at a person? I was looking at a beast. I've never seen a person look like that. And I, and to be honest with you, I've never seen an animal that looked like that. I've shot all kinds of animals. Bear. You know, deer, all kinds of animals. And when I look at them, I see animals. Yeah. But when I looked at him, I saw a beast. And and honestly, I seen a killer. And a lot of people say they have round fingernails like ours, rounded. Yeah. But he had long fingernails. They were probably half inch, inch longer than you know than you would think and they weren't pointed or anything but they they were rounded tapered though because I got the scar on my ankle but uh, the doctor said it's a miracle I got out of there when my ankle messed up as it was do you have any recollection really of how you how were you able to, to, to motivate on, on that, on that ankle with his fear? Back? I think fear and adrenaline itself got me out of that. 
I was I was scared, but I wouldn't be scared. I'd go back there today. I'd go down there tonight. Would you really? Yeah, I'd go down there tonight. I'm not scared. But see, I'd be packing heat. I'd have it four fifty four. And I also have a forty five long rifle, low ration rifle, you know, so I mean this four fifty four only has five rounds of the revolver. And uh but I can at a uh, fifty yards I can hit a quarter with it. Yeah. So it's got quite a bit of recoil, but I haven't magnaported it. I don't know if you know what that uh, means. I, I do, actually. When I was mm-hmm. uh, in my mid and late teens, I was on a, um, a competition pistol team with my dad. And, oh, yeah. Uh, his, he, had, uh, he had a magnaported uh, 45. Yeah. This got a little more kick than a 45. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah. But this shoots the same bullet as my rifle does. Does it? Yeah, it's a pistol. Stays right by my side all the time. Right here beside me right now. When the, when the trash man was out there, I had it on my belt. And uh, he said, y'all are serious up here, ain't you? And I said, you know, you never know. Before we close this out, any lasting effects? You know, uh, it, it's it's got to affect your psyche to some extent, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I'm just more aware. I'm more aware of things, and I've always been able to see pretty good at night. I see better at night uh, than I do in the daytime. Really, I always work. I was either a welder, or I worked on computers, or you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I was always in the dark working on stuff and only light up when I'd strike a weld or when I'd get on a keyboard or something. And, and so I've always been able to, I've been attentive to things at, at night and in the dark. I, I don't know. You know, going back to your grandparents and, and your parents, uh, with warning, you and and all of your cousins and everything were there were there any specific um uh like road signs that they said to watch out for you know i mean if if you notice the woods gets real quiet or uh, yeah that if it gets real quiet or if you feel you're being watched come home if you feel like you're being watched come home that was a big thing was it yeah you know now you got to worry about pedophiles and idiots yeah. like that out in the woods. But, uh, you know, the one thing I wonder about, or I don't know why I run into these things, and I never run into anybody that's done some criminal stuff that could, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> I'd rather shoot a pedophile than I had a, a creature that's just trying to live off the land. and Right. I agree with you 100% there. Yeah. There's a special place in hell for those people. Yeah, you're right. But I got some more stories, but I ain't going to tell them to you today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, but if, if you want to hear them, you call me sometime and we'll talk.
talk about it. Uh, I'd love to hear more from you, David. Yeah. Uh, I have a good friend. I might get him to, I was with him one time and we saw one that was taller than his truck. He had one of the first jacked up trucks mm-hmm. around, you know? Yeah, monster it, truck. <laughs> yeah, it was, and he was taller than the cab of his truck. But, but that's another story. But anyway, I enjoyed talking to you, and you didn't make me feel uncomfortable. That's a good thing, because I'd hate to have to drive up to your house and have to <laughs> I would not. I would not be happy to see your silhouette coming up to my door, sir. If you were angry, if you were angry. <laughs> All right, sir, David. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, and and I would love if you if you get the if you get a wild hair and you'd like to tell me more. I would be more than happy to to do this again with you. But All right. Thank you for taking the time, and uh, I certainly appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.